to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Hooray! Yay! Yay! <laughs> he's been he's been unbanished from the the from Staten Island. We're all in Hell's Kitchen. You're in Staten Island, Robin, for the week. I was born in Staten Island. Are you? Well, that's yeah. why we sent and you in back. In the there. shadows as well. I was in mm-hmm. the shadows. Well, I'm Staten Island. <laughs> That's like Sorry, what's happening? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> and we have a amazing, amazing guest. Um, I'm saying amazing because I'm trying to think of an alliterative term um, for you. So I would say Nasty. not at all uncool. Nutty. That's the best I could do. This week. <laughs> Yay! My name already starts out as an alliteration. It's Nutty Nukejaz. I know, but we have to give you like a, 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 a one to say how amazing you are. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Thank no, you for I having me. Yay, thanks, Nutty. I'm so <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever use your, your other alias as your middle name, Nutty Nimlas Nukejaz? Well, I could. I definitely could. Um, but, uh, well... Nimlas is actually just an acronym, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the N is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I could definitely do that. I've had people respond to me and they're like, well, Nimlas, and like, that's just the website. <laughs> <laughs> can I just, can I just take a moment and, uh, I have to definitely say, uh, thank you so much, Nettie, for all your help on getting us established on. Absolutely. Um, our new, our new venture here. Our new home. Oh, uh, no problem. I, I guess. barely even held your hands. <laughs> and you uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yes. I am, I am happy to do it. Uh, since I've helped you guys move, uh, I have helped two other podcasts move uh, hosts and locations and everything else. Uh, right. One of the more recent ones is the Bycast, and that was a huge changeover. So uh, I, it just makes me happy to see people getting to good homes that uh, can take care of them properly. Finding their forever homes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> puppy. So um, the difference about me um, guesting with you guys on Jessica Jones as opposed to uh, Daredevil mm-hmm. is this time I've not watched ahead. Oh, good for you. Wait a second. So I'm, I'm that wasn't a bit sarcastic. Of a, <laughs> no, I could, I could, because I was on a later episode mm-hmm. for Daredevil, and I couldn't hold back. I just had to watch them all. And uh, with this one, it was funny. My husband, he went out to the stores, and I said, you know what's great about me doing the podcast today? He goes, what? That means we get to watch more Jessica Jones later. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So he's like, oh, I don't have to wait like 10 weeks or whatever. <laughs> Brilliant. Exactly. Oh, and after this, are you going to speed ahead? Oh, I'm totally going to speed ahead. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> No one apart from the newbies on this are waiting, guys. It's just you three. <laughs> you have very strong, strong will, willpower. You'd be really good Green Lanterns or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it wouldn't be so hard if the show wasn't so good. I know. Yeah. I know. So, um, only a little bit of uh, news this week, which is, um, well, two bits. One is the latest trailer for um, Civil War, um, Captain America Civil War has been released. I haven't actually watched it yet. I'm terrible. Um, But apparently, 
um, that trailer has had more um, views than the latest Batman v Superman trailer. So, no, 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 DC, no, 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 no. That's what I'd say. Um, no, apparently they did like a, a thing and it's had it's had more views, but it might be because that film I think is coming out sooner than Batman, so I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Speaking of speaking of Marvel versus DC, did you guys watch that uh, video I posted on our our page, the uh, Hawkeye versus Green Arrow? Oh no, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, you should. It's it's this uh, web series called Death Battle where they like. They take uh, two characters and they pit them against each other. They're usually similar characters, and they mm-hmm. they take a really like serious look at it, and they like source all their like their abilities and what they can do and their weaknesses, oh, and then they uh, they play out a fight as uh, they think it would happen. So I won't spoil who wins between <laughs> Hawkeye and Green Arrow. Is is the weapon the salmon ladder? Because I would think <laughs> Green Arrow would win that. Huh? Salmon ladder. What? This is Baron Arrow. Salmon. salmon ladder. Yeah. I don't know this reference. Oh. I never it's, watched. The most, it's the most impressive thing in the show, Arrow. <laughs> Good for you! <laughs> it's impressive. I'm going to uh, post it on the Facebook group so everyone well, can Okay, spoiler, Green Arrow does use the boxing glove arrow. Ooh, nice. I think there was, I don't think it was them, but the, I know um, I've seen a lot of comparisons before of people saying like Marvel versus DC, who would win in a fight between Daredevil and uh, Nightwing. And everyone's like, well, Nightwing trained with a uh, Batman, so... And it's like, okay. But I think Daredevil pretty much wins because he would anticipate every move. Oh. Yeah, Daredevil uh, trained with Dick. Hell yeah. Is it, is he, is he <laughs> Nightwing just because they think Daredevil couldn't take down Batman? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I oh, think God forbid somebody that, take Batman down. Exactly. Batman's rubbish. There's even a little comic strip of Daredevil beating Batman. It's hilarious. Um, okay, this Death Battle series. Uh, yeah. Sorry to talk about, about it again, but you brought up Batman. There's there's Batman versus Darth Vader, and Darth Vader totally kills Batman. Yay! <laughs> Lightsaber beats Batarang, I think. Exactly. <laughs> or oh, the choke. Batman, Batman thought ahead, and he stole a lightsaber from somewhere in the Death Star, and they have a lightsaber battle. What's Batman going to do to Darth Vader? Just throw money at him? Like, what the hell? I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> EMP. That's all you got to do to take down Vader. EMP. Once his suit can't work, he's dead. Ooh. Okay, welcome, everyone, welcome to uh, to uh, Deathmatch cast. Uh, we're going to talk about... <laughs> I'd like to see Tony Stark versus Bruce Wayne in a civil suit. Like, have, like, I mean, yeah. by attorneys and stuff. By uh, Nelson and Murdoch? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know think, who's the better lawyer, but you know, yeah, I, I think um, Matt Murdock would be quite happy taking Tony Stark, you know, leaving him out to dry because I don't think he likes him very much. <laughs> so that's the news um, regarding the the MCU. Um, however, another little piece of news is that uh, a couple of days ago I did an interview with Susie Abramite from um, Jessica Jones. She plays Pam. Um, Jaron Hogarth's assistant. Uh, she was really, really sweet. Unfortunately, none of our newbies could uh, join me for the interview because we spoke about the entire series. Um, mm. but she was very, very generous with her time, very sweet. We talked a lot about Harry Potter, which was great. Um, and that um, interview will be released in the next couple of days. So um, please check it out if you have watched the entire show. I have put a little spoiler warning at the start of it. Um, just to say, again, if you haven't watched all the episodes and you haven't watched the final episodes of the season, I would not uh, listen to the podcast as yet. So there we go. Mm. <laughs> Robin's like, mm, I have to wait until February. <laughs> so I should I should say as well, um, Nutty, what is your knowledge of Jessica Jones? Because I believe uh, she's a character you're not that familiar with. 
Um, and I, no, I know, I know we've discussed mostly that before. About her from you. <laughs> yeah, any guests do. <laughs> we, I think we discussed uh, her on your podcast about um, favorite uh, female superheroes, and I said she was one of mine. Yes, and you convinced me that I need to read all of the books, which I haven't actually done yet, <laughs> uh, because I haven't got through my current to read pile. Uh, that I've actually already purchased. But, yeah, uh, Jessica Jones sounded fascinating, and the more you told me about her, the more interested I was. I tried not to spoil myself too much because I just wanted to enjoy the show, mm-hmm. but I picked up a couple of things, and uh, so I, I, had the, I had the basics, and then mm-hmm. I went into it mostly cold. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, this week we are talking about Episode 3, a.k.a. It's Called Whiskey. Um, what? Mm-hmm. What? It said episode three. I said repeat. He made a Star Wars joke. Oh, I was like, well, I, I blocked those movies out of my mind. They don't exist to me. You say episode three, I'm like, Return of the Jedi? AKA, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it's called Whiskey. This episode was written by Liz Friedman and Scott Reynolds, and it was directed by David Petrarca. Petrarca? Petrarca. Petrarca. I'm going to go with Petrarca. Sorry, David Petrarca, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so, let's get... Who's that? Oh, it's me! (laughs) So, let's go straight into this episode. And remember to uh, take note of uh, our new special, uh, very um, snappily named games. Um, Nick claims that Robin says, not Robin, our co-host, Robin in the show. And the other one, which is uh, when they say the title of the episode in the episode game (laughs) or something. I'll think of a more snappy title for them both. Okay. Can we do a boner chat game too? Because this first scene. Well, are we talking? Whose boners are we talking about? Are we talking about you or the characters in the show? This is like a Skinamax show here. So, well, we yeah, we basically start <laughs> with straight after the last scene in the last show with um, Jessica ripping Luke's shirt off, literally. Um, and uh, you might like that shirt. He, he's alright. He can. But I think he likes Jessica more. He likes the fact that she can match him in strength more because I think he's just like, oh man, like particularly when he's like, you know, trying to to lower his arms and she's like just holding them in place. He's. You can see he's very turned on. He thinks it's very sexy. He is so turned on. I'm surprised yeah. the boner didn't go through the ceiling. <laughs> he's unbreakable he's boner. Tra- <laughs> uh, he tries to rip her clothes and she's like, no, my clothes are nice. Um. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's like, I have nice clothes. I don't just have T-shirts like you. I have my, my signature leather jacket and, uh, and jumpers and scarf. Um, but You know what my problem with this scene is? What? They were too loud. What? They were way too uh, loud. Oh, yeah, well, you know, Robin, you apparently have a foil on your uh, windows and <laughs> live with your your brother, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But, oh, you guys had to had to feel sorry for poor Reuben watching. It's his little heartbreak. Oh yeah. You guys so, did anyone it? else? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone else think of Spike and Buffy during this? Mm, scene? Yeah, a little bit. I, I actually, more I actually of, read uh, that as a as a comment that someone said that um, in regards to shipping in this show, but they did a comparison to Spike and Buffy, which was kind of interesting. I won't go into any more. Of I it. was just thinking the sex scene because I'm like I'm expecting them to tear down the house. They broke the bed. <laughs> I was, they did. Yeah, I was. I was thinking more of the She Hulk and Juggernaut uh, hookup. <laughs> they yeah. Hook yeah. She Hulk and Juggernaut. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there's like a what? There's like a comic panel like where like yeah. they break the bed or something. Yeah. 
Or it's like that terrible scene in the, I think it's the last Twilight movie or the one before where, like, he's, like, making love to Bella and he, like, breaks the bed because, you know, he's so into her and it's like, ugh, gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, I sent you the picture. Totally yeah. stolen oh, from Buffy. The picture is here. Yeah. I got the Let's look at the picture. Whoa. What is that? That is a fantastic picture. That needs to be uh, in your show notes. Yeah, it would definitely be. And his arms are terrifying. Look how big his boots are. Is he like some kind of old-timey farmer? What's going on? Popeye. He's got Popeye arms or something. I don't know. Juggernaut eats, eats his spinach. spinach. Yeah. There's a, there's a so, bigger version. Oh. <laughs> so Reuben tells uh, tells uh, Jessica and Luke that Robin says you're too loud. Robin, stop no, being a prude. They were too loud. So Jessica and Luke leave and they go and eat from the food cart um, after their workout. And they discuss their gifts. Um, uh, discuss a bit about Jessica flying. She confirms that she can't really fly. She can sort of jump and then fall. And we get a mention of the Avengers. Yay! Big green dude and his crew. Sorry, Matt's looking at pictures of Juggernaut, and I had no idea what he looked like. And I'm, like, picturing, <laughs> picturing She-Hulk and Juggernaut having sex, and Juggernaut has his helmet on. <laughs> no, no. He Leave the like helmet on. What if it was Vinnie Jones' Juggernaut from the movie? Ooh. Oh, jeez. Oh, even with, better. With foam, foam abs. <laughs> Don't like them. <laughs> So Luke wonders if there are more superpowered people out there apart from him, Jessica, and the Avengers. And Jessica gets very quiet. Um, Jessica says that her powers were due to an accident, and Luke says an experiment for him. Uh, and she says she's done a lot of bad stuff in the past. We find out he's he's probably more powerful than her uh, because yeah, he's like unbreakable, but she gets unbreakable. She gets she gets uh, beat up by regular folks later. She's got mm-hmm. like. Cuts and bleed. She's bleeding and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think she's yep. just, um, you know, she can obviously bleed and everything, but she's just a lot stronger. But I think, uh, yeah, he he would be able to take punches and everything more. But obviously, there might be particular weaknesses that come with his his superpower. He's too sexy. I'll say I like the whole like. Um, so if I were to bite your fingers, I'd be good. <laughs> And then he starts talking about his other extremities, and I was like, yes, exactly. We want to hear more about the... Because, uh, you know, I mean, if he's unbreakable, then maybe you would think that he doesn't have feeling, because he gets a bottle shoved into his neck, and it doesn't... He doesn't he's, like, barely mm-hmm. phased by it. So how does... Maybe his penis is his weakness. <laughs> there it is. It's Much like many men. Yeah. <laughs> he's a killy penis. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, I noted there were purple lilacs hovering over this little date. That, yeah, yeah. I that in my notes as well. It's like the purple man has turned into these little lilacs and is watching them, <laughs> which is a really <laughs> creepy image. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but purple, I like that purple is often present in a lot of these scenes. Um, so Jessica says she's done more bad stuff than good, and then when she asks him if he wants uh, more, he says, no, I'm full. And then she says, I wasn't talking about the food. Wink. And then we smash cut to very energetic sex in Luke's apartment again. Showgirls time. Oh, it is proper showgirls. Except I wrote damn in large bold capitals. <laughs> damn! It was, it was very believable, you know? It yeah. didn't feel exploitive. It didn't feel like sex position. I mean, if you were characters that, you know, if you had these superpowers and you were able to get with somebody and not hold back, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be 
boning all the time. Oh, it's absolutely. You'd be breaking the bed like they do. Yeah, or if at it's least like for the first couple of weeks. And, months and then you're yeah. like, finally, why don't we do? Why don't we go for it again? Okay. Yeah, if you want. I think they're both just two two people who like sex and they're super powered. Like this is why. Like I can't remember who it was, but I listened to an interview and they were saying about Superman. It might have even been like like maybe Frank Miller or someone saying about Superman, why does he date Lois Lane? Like, he should be dating Wonder Woman. Because, like, the sex would be amazing, (laughs) you know? Because they're both superpowered. It's not all about sex. Maybe it's a nice person. Maybe Wonder Woman has a shitty personality. (laughs) Maybe she's a dead leg. No, she's not a dead leg. Lois worships Superman. Wonder Woman's like, eh. Ally. Yeah, she could take him. She could leave him. Yeah. She's got a whole she, island of women she can hang like out that with. As a turn on, I would imagine he'd like that. As a turn. Yeah, that'd be a turn on for him. Not Superman. He's very much into the ego. Like Clark Kent doesn't seem like he's very into ego, but really he wants to be worshipped. Mm. You don't run around with an S on your chest unless you want to have some sort of worship going on. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. N- Nutty runs around with an N on her chest. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica uh, goes to the bathroom and we see the photo again in the cabinet. Have you guys worked out the name of this person as yet? Oh, it was, it was mentioned, wasn't it? It has been mentioned before. Oh, it mentions wife. a woman who died in a bus crash. Yeah, I worked out that well, he uh, was, she's, a, she's his wife. So, Reva, Reva Connors. Reva, that's it. Yeah. So I didn't mention it last week, but uh, obviously Jessica finds out this woman died in the bus crash, and um, this is the this is the woman. Well, well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, no, well, Je- you know, not finds out, but like d- does research, and it says that she died in the in the bus crash when she's researching the hospital. So she looks at the photo again, and we see a flash of Reva collapsing. We're not really sure what's happening at this point, and Luke tells Jessica that she died in a bus crash. I don't think she's researching. I think she's gathering evidence. Well, you know, like last week when she was doing research on Kilgrave to find out um, how he survived, she was looking up the bus crash at the hospital, and it came up that two people died. One was the bus driver and one was Reva, but it didn't say any John Doe's for Kilgrave. I I don't know if she's blocking out memories or if she remembered, sort of. Like, that part confuses me because of the fact that she was... Stalking Luke Cage, right? Yeah, this is this is completely clear to me now. I'm, I've been asking, like, why is she stalking mm-hmm. this, uh, this Luke? Yeah. It's because she feels guilty. She feels yeah. totally yeah, guilty but, about but this. It still wasn't clear to me if she could sort of remember it, but not fully. Or oh, okay. reason why she's stalking I think she remembered it, yeah. I think she remembered it, and she's been going on guilt. And so, like... Like Robin, I was like, okay, obviously there's something about him, but what is it? And every time we'd get a little clue, I'm like, okay. And when we find out, oh, it was his wife and she died in the bus crash, I'm thinking, okay, so a bit of survivor's guilt. And then we find out later, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's yeah. like total guilt because you killed her. Yeah, because yeah, Jessica um, killed her. Which is why she's all like messed up about yeah. like still being attracted to him and sleeping with him. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. She shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, this brings me exactly. This brings me to something else. If you had killed someone's significant other and then ended up sleeping with them, like how could you? How could you? You know, <laughs> that's really well, yeah. like. But that's probably why she couldn't look at him in the eye mm-hmm. last time. But yeah, yep. she's looking at him in the eye, and she's okay with it. So I don't understand. Yeah, I thought it was an intimacy issue. It's more like uh, totally feeling guilty about this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she keeps yep. doing it, so yeah. I don't know. Like, but Jessica I I also. Guess, I guess 
overcomes the guilt, I guess, in this case, maybe, but... I mean, when she's, um, <laughs> she's defending Hope in this episode, Jessica, by saying, you know, Hope had no control over what Kilgrave made her do. And so obviously mm-hmm. Jessica rationally knows that she had no control over what Kilgrave made her do in killing Reva. But still, it, the fact that she she only did it, but she's also not told Luke. And the the longer she leaves it without telling him, you know, the worse that's going to be. Um, exactly. I think that's it exactly. as well. It's not just the action itself. It's well, the fact that she feels like she's but, betraying him. Yeah, but how do you tell someone, hey, I killed your wife? But it wasn't me, but I killed her. Well, you <laughs> exactly. know, I've been in this exactly. before, and, you know, you just got to go easy on it, you know? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Start off with, like, and a now sorry, kind of shrug your shoulders, look sheepish, you know? Maybe oh. kick a stone. So when you guys saw the little flash of Reva here kind of, like, looking like she's kind of collapsing backwards, did you put it together that, like, what, happened before we see the actual sort of scene later with Jessica and Kilgrave like what did you guys think was happening I I, I thought she was it was I knew it was Jessica's fault I just mm-hmm. didn't know that how it how it happened I thought she okay. fell off a building in front of her or something like mm-hmm. I thought I knew yeah. what to do with the bus I thought maybe the bus was yeah. hitting her and that Jessica had pushed her in front of it or something mm-hmm. or like I, wasn't I believe sure. she was a bystander in the bus crash I I believed it hook line and sinker they had me the, the writers had me manipulated the whole way. I went, they led me by my nose, and I followed wherever <laughs> they wanted me to go. Um, absolutely. I hook, line, and sinker. I mm. did not think it was anything other than, like, I just assumed she was somebody else on the street. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought as well. I thought that the maybe the bus swerved um, mm. to, to miss uh, Jessica and Kilgrave and hit. But then we also see, like, that it hit Kilgrave, and I thought maybe yep. it had hit hit uh, Reva, and that's why Jessica felt responsible. I didn't think that it was Jessica that actually killed her until we see it later. Good so, job, writers. Yeah, good job. One other thing, um, so, you know, Jessica says later on, it's called whiskey, how she deals with things. You know, and we oh, see, not only... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh no! Wait, going to get good. blind. The name, name of the episode. You get a ding. Ah! <laughs> um, but we see that she is not, not only a drunk; she's an indiscriminate drunk. She drinks bad booze. I mean, Cuddy Sark. Ugh. But you know, I have she, trivia about that. She, you have what? I have trivia about it. Oh, great. <laughs> so, um. In a di- like many addicts and people that use who self medicate with booze, mm-hmm. she is also demonstrating self injurious behavior in the way that she runs her life, yeah. and that's why she ended up sleeping with Luke Cage because she's performing self injurious behavior. She yeah. is doing things that are bad for her and that are going to hurt her because she feels like she needs to be punished. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it. very typical. Yeah, and I'm so happy. It, like when we were talking about it in the first episode, I'm like, I don't want to believe that she's just watching Luke because she's attracted to him. She's gonna crush up. You know, <laughs> that would be so sexy. He's so sexy. That's why. No, it was a reason. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I mean, this is different to in the comics. If, um, if you know, if anyone wasn't aware who hasn't read the comics, this is a very different way of them meeting. When the comics of Alias start, uh, her and Luke already know each other and they're already buddies. Um, so I really like this, the, the way they've written the connection between these two. I think as well, um, 
particularly in the, the scene at the start of this episode and when they're having their eating as well, I think they have like a, a real natural chemistry together, the two actors, and they're a very sexy couple together, like when they're flirting and playing with each other. I, I just, I love these two actors together in these roles. I think they're both absolutely fantastic. It makes me really excited um, as well to see, like every time I see Mike Coulter in this show, I'm more excited to see how he is in his own show next year. Yeah. Uh, I have a note about their first sex scene that I forgot to bring up. Okay. Uh, did they, did their sex session less, last for less than a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Were you timing it? It, no, it was just really quick and I'm pretty sure they finished. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, the neighbors saw them. I'm, I don't think. Like, how does that happen in a 60 second range? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so loud. I don't think they, they finished. I don't think they finished before the neighbor interrupted. Mm-hmm. I think they were during, and that's why she just shut the door on him because well, she wanted to get back to it. I thought they stopped, yeah. like stopped moving. They looked at each other, and then she looked over. And well, no, it's noticed. because they were they were against the wall at that point. Yeah. Uh, they weren't in the bed, and that's when she noticed Reuben watching and stopped. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> go back and check the tape. I'm pretty sure they. Let's, had let's go through it frame by frame. And she noticed. <laughs> um, one note that I have about the actor playing uh, Mike Coulter playing Luke Cage um, according to everybody I have spoken to <laughs> and most of them are straight men mm-hmm. not all of them uh, he is one of the most beautiful men in the world oh he is he's gorgeous yeah I agree and they would not say no to him because <laughs> <laughs> he is just gorgeous <laughs> nobody's that straight <laughs> well, I, I'd probably say no, but I, I do recognize how sexy he is. He's very sexy. Come man. on, would you kick him out of a bed for eating crackers, really? <laughs> no, no, I'd be like, give me some crackers. Hey, he's Luke Cage. It would be, give me some pizza. He, he loves pizza. Uh, yeah. yeah. He could eat pizza in bed. And he's got good pizza. Mm-hmm. He's in New York. You're like, what are you doing in my bed? <laughs> so who wins between him and uh, David Tennant, Claire? David Tennant. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't ever think about it. I've loved David Tennant for like years and years and years. Like my my love for him is deep rooted. He's like my little weasel baby. Uh, I would say I'd say Mike Coulter is a very very attractive man, but I don't tend to go for guys who are like super muscly personally. Me neither. But he's just oh he's beautiful. beautiful. He is very beautiful. <laughs> who wins he's between like him a and Daggio? He's gorgeous. <laughs> who wins between him and Idris Elba? Oh, 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 dang. <laughs> oh boy! That, that would be We did a death match, and now we're doing like who wins between. Like, <laughs> I need to put this to the Facebook group, and people. Like, <laughs> if all of them yeah. watched your bed, who would you kick out in <laughs> an order? Like, okay, I think <laughs> I, I think I'd pick out. I'd pick out Mike Coulter first, only because I haven't known him in my my my. Because he's my not English. Life. Admit it. Exactly. Yeah, he's not English. <laughs> I I. I, I Idris Elba is like my choice for Bond and I've loved him since he was in Ultraviolet and then David Tennant last of course because I wouldn't kick him out I'd keep him forever and ever see and I would do that in the reverse order Um, as much as I love all three of those men but really do I have to kick anyone out (laughs) because that just sounds like a party Exactly. Your bed sort of shrank a little bit by little bit, and you had to even better. That just means we got to snuggle closer. <laughs> okay, so I'd marry Mike, and I'd have Idris DJ the wedding. Yay! <laughs> yes, and you'd have marry- David Tennant narrate in his sexy Scottish voice. <laughs> right, I need anyway. to find a. Uh, I need to find a sound clip. There's got to be somewhere in all the things that David Tennant has done where he screamed, "Ha! Ha! Get over here!" 
Oh, wow. Oh. That would be amazing. Well, maybe so, he will but, in this show. Really? I'm not spoiling. Oh, yeah, there is a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in the next scene, <laughs> Jessica is walking home and stops at a grocery to get some whiskey. And we hear a radio show uh, talking about Hope's case and mentions the Avengers saving the city. So, another mention of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, other super-powered people, which is kind of cool that they do mention it. Um, and that Kilgrave sounds like a made-up name, and Hope needs to pay. I've got quite a bit of trivia about this scene, uh, but I'll tell you guys later. Oh. It always um, takes the show when they start talking about superhero things. Because I don't <laughs> think of this show, I don't think of this show as a superhero show until they start mentioning their powers, and then I'm like, oh wait, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But it's so like, weird to me, like when they were like, oh, the aliens took over the city, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> But I love how in this world they, again, another parallel to Buffy, uh, the people that are living in the city kind of just suppress all of that Mm -hmm. and pretend it didn't happen. You know, it's like, wait, you can't believe in mind control, but we had aliens. Uh, That was just that one time. Yeah. Yeah. that I couldn't get past that in this yeah. episode. Why does nobody believe mind control is a thing? Yeah, when there's all there's God and green monsters and aliens. Yeah. And, <laughs> in the uh, in the um in one of the trivia things I read was that it was quite interesting because you have to think in this version of the MCU Marvel in this Marvel universe, apart from Captain America who, you know, was running around in the war, you know, defeating Nazis, but wasn't necessarily, like, not everyone would know he was superpowered. They might just think that he was this really strong, capable guy, you know, called Captain America, who was, the you know, this guy in the 40s they used for publicity. Apart from that, there's only really been superheroes around since 2008, which is when Iron Man, the first Iron Man was set. So this is a new thing. And with Iron Man, okay, you can kind of get away with him maybe not being superpowered. He's a guy in a suit. We've had robots and stuff before. Um, the, the ones that are more kind of weird are like um, the Hulk and Thor. Um, people probably just believe that like Thor is an alien, which he is, but not that he's like necessarily a god. So it's, right. it's, it is still weird and out there, but mind control sounds much more like, I mean, to me, thinking about it sounds much more like magic like a a kind Mm -hmm. of magical thing and in the version of marvel we have now you haven't really got that in the universe apart from scarlet witch but she's not known to the public like really that much and we haven't got dr strange yet so i think i can kind of believe it and i can kind of believe that superheroes are new and interesting and weird and people don't really understand them and one of the things i like that they kind of do in jessica jones like with this radio host is that there is this distrust of superheroes um, it's one of the things they also cover in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though I think that show is really flawed. It, it's nice that they to have that as well, and it's something that it sounds like they're going to bring up in Civil War next year as well. So I like that they are following through with that as much as they can in, in Jessica Jones. I, but instead of being mistrustful, people are just scoffing at this, this existing. Which you can kind of understand, because it's like saying someone saying, oh, people actually have mind control powers. You get people like Darren Brown who do it, you know, as performance things. And But if someone said they actually have mind control powers, I would be like, yeah, come on, whatever. It's a, it's a trick. Um, yeah. You're still aware of what you're doing. Yeah. 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 I didn't buy how they did it. Like, I just, it just seemed weird to me. I still think people should not be this skeptical of it. <laughs> You know, honestly, with the way that um, conservative talk show hosts are about everything, this does not surprise me. I mean, when you hear them talk about all different types of people, anyone that is not them, they hate on. 
Mm-hmm. So it does not surprise me to hear that kind of a thing. I, I actually think it's quite believable. Well, Jessica, um, in the next scene, she's kind of following it again, like a bit more when she's drinking her whiskey, and the news is comparing Hope to Son of Sam. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there's lots of articles. There's one the article about her, which is from hurdles to homicide, um, which are just making it sound like she, you know she's this girl who had a mental break, which is. To be honest, talking like going at it from the form of you know from the point of view of Occam's Razor, what is more likely that there is someone that controlled her mind, or that it is just a girl who had a mental break because she worked so hard to be this perfect athlete and her mind just snapped and she killed her parents. Yeah. So when Tech and I were watching this, um, there were several times that we had to hit pause and just talk about the show because different scenes were impacted us so much, and this was mm-hmm. the first one. And he paused it and he said, "Okay." They're comparing her to Son of Sam. He was someone with schizophrenia, and yeah. they're hating on him and calling him a vicious monster. Okay, if she's like Son of Sam and has had a mental breakdown and has schizophrenia, she needs help. And mm-hmm. he just, like, lost it. He's, mm-hmm. And that's kind of my point, that this is what conservative talk show hosts are like, and 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 their whole business is making people hate people even when it comes to people who are mentally ill and can't control themselves. Because guess what? There is a scientific uh, reason why sometimes we can't control our actions, and that has to do with brain chemistry. Absolutely. So I just thought that was really a a very interesting scene. Mm -hmm. That's probably why we buy it, because we don't think that way. Yeah, like, you know, like, we're good people. This doesn't make sense, you know. Because oh, we are, we are all nice people. <laughs> I guess. Well, one thing that I, I, I was wondering about, and me, I wasn't sure if I missed it or not, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, she does keep naming somebody. She says Kilgrave, Kilgrave, and yeah, the guy on the radio is like, that sounds like like a made up name. But is, was, has there been any mention of actual investigation into a Kilgrave? <laughs> Not so far, it hasn't been mentioned, but I do like the fact that when, like, Kilgrave is obviously, in the comics, his name is Zebediah Kilgrave, it's kind of a name that kind of sticks out, (laughs) and there's, you know, it is a very ridiculous name, like Kilgrave, it's like, Uh, Kilgrave. Anybody out there named Zebediah? I said Kilgrave is ridiculous. Never die. Anybody named Kilgrave, you're you're, you're okay in our book, we're just getting around. Yeah. But um, I like the fact that they are doing a little nod to the ridiculousness of the name by saying, like, that's clearly a made-up name. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I, like I really wish they had gotten, like, kind of like a more, like, you know, like a southern hit kind of, like, voice for David Tennant. Like, my name is Zendak Kilgrave. <laughs> 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 get back here. <laughs> get back here, woman. <laughs> that would be, be hilarious. I'm a so, so meanwhile, Jessica is looking for the um, anesthetic and a list of New York hospitals. So she's still looking for this uh, serpentinol. Uh, then in the next scene, she enters Jerry's office to demand that Jerry defends Hope. Um, but Jerry says she still needs proof that Kilgrave exists. And then she confronts Jessica and says, hey, you didn't even tell me that you are uh, one of Kilgrave's supposed, supposed ex-victims. Um, but Jessica says that she, there's no way she's going to testify and that he's left a trail of broken people behind him. And if uh, some of them are found, then uh, they could testify instead. And this is the next point where we pause it. <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene mm-hmm. makes the entire series for me. Oh, yeah. okay. um, we are dealing with, in uh, modern culture, uh, dealing with... Uh, 
harassment of people, uh, sexual harassment of rape culture and all of this. And this is the big thing. Jessica, she to come forward. You could testify. No, I can't because then I will be the one. She doesn't want to testify. She doesn't want to come forward because then that's all she'll be known for. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest problems right now. There are scientists who can't come forward when they have been harassed or raped because then they'll just be the scientists that blew the whistle. Mm-hmm. And so this whole scene was so important to me. It, was, it just explained the huge dilemma. I think and as I well, was just blown away. I, I, I think as well, I, I, I think part of her worry is like what she tells Trish later when she's kind mm-hmm. of panicking when Trish is talking on the radio. If Jessica is the one that comes forward, Jessica is putting herself out there as a target. Um, yep. Kilgrave obviously wants to get hold of her again. There's more, uh, I guess, more chance that he can find her. Um, it mm-hmm. might escalate his plans for her. And if he gets hold of her, the damage she could do, as opposed to kind of a, a regular person, is, is much greater. Like, as right. we see in the scene with Reva, she just punches Reva once in the heart and kills her. Yeah, I think it's more, exactly. yeah, definitely. I think it's more than, like, reputation, although that might... Oh, no, 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 but at this point in the episode, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also, it's an analogy, you know, that's, that's yeah. what... Good science fiction is an exaggeration or an analogy for the world that we're living in. You know, mm-hmm. Star Trek was able to tackle rape issues because it was aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was something, it was just very precedent to things that are going on in our society right now. And I was just blown away. And I just think it's a beautiful scene. And I hope that they win Emmys for something in this show because it's just amazing. Nice. I am blown away by this show. And Carrie Ann Moss as well, just watching every one of her scenes, like, Jessica's correct later when she calls her a shark. She is a shark. Yeah. Particularly when later you realize how she's really setting up Jessica for this whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, So Jessica leaves and she gets a text from Luke telling her that he bought a new bed. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. I just think that's adorable. Um, (laughs) So then Jessica asks Trish to discuss um, Kilgrave and Hope on her show Trish Talk. Um, and then when Trish hears that Jessica is after anesthesia because it can affect Kilgrave, she bundles her inside her apartment. Um, so in this scene, uh, we actually find out how Trish's apartment is. And do you guys remember in the first episode, I said it, I thought it was a cool detail when you see people leaving Trish's apartment and you hear this really loud click when the door closes. Mm-hmm. You don't know why they really amped up that sound effect, and this is kind of why because she has all this surveillance. She has a steel reinforced door. I just thought it was cool that they even added that to the the first episode, and I only caught it the second time, just to show that she she has built herself this fortress of an apartment. Like I, I automatically would think that it has something to do with Jessica's history with uh, Kilgrave, but. Her mom keeps being mentioned. What the heck is going What is, like, is her mom beat her up in the past? Or? Her mom's She-Hulk. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I understand the fear I'm of clowns. I'm going you, Robin. Uh, oh, absolutely, the fear of clowns. I mean, I well, sucks. apart from Pennywise, he's adorable. You know. Yeah, I just assume that her mom abused her growing up. Well, but again, just I'm says being no led one by the nose by the writers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and when uh, Jessica sees Trish's bruises, um, Trish kind of just go, just kind of brushes them off. So, by the way, Claire, I'm not, 
I'm definitely not asking you for the answer. I was just asking everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I just like teasing you to say that I'm not answering you. Say that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was just uh, speaking with somebody, um, another martial artist, about the whole thing where when you're when you're training with martial arts, uh, one of the first things that they tell you is make sure your doctors and people around you know that you're training in martial yeah. arts because otherwise they're going to think somebody's beating the crap out of you because you're going to come home with bruises. Meanwhile, if you actually were having somebody abuse you, they don't leave bruises where people can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely get, like, reactions when people are like, what is that giant bruise on your arm? Oh, it's it's okay. My my training partner just kneeled on my arm. It's all good. <laughs> it's, it's so strange, you know, that her mom's being brought up to because it's just like, She's a grown woman. Like, why is it still a possibility that her mother is abusing her? I, yeah. I mean, all those things linger. I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> I know some Maybe people have had like abuse not. going right into you know them being an adult. So I don't know. I, I can't answer. Her mom has what? Maybe her mom. Her mom has superpowers. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe she's her Captain, Mar- Captain. Yeah, Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said Captain Mom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that superhero, Captain Mom. Yeah, you oh, better eat your greens, or I'm gonna beat you. She's a super villain. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I just made her up. About her, maybe we will meet her mom, and maybe I'm assuming we I was excited by the person playing her mom for a reason. Maybe. Oh, so we will meet her. Okay. No, I said maybe. I'm saying maybe to all of this. <laughs> Okay. I've already been I've I've been spoiled that we meet somebody else's mom later in the yeah. series. In this Are we going to meet I'm Yeah, you going to meet my mom. Yeah, Are we meeting like all the moms? Yeah, uh, in the last episode oh. we're going to have some Thursday episode. All the moms and it's the moms go up against each other. So you got um, Jessica Jones calling how I met your mother. Yeah. <laughs> you got Jessica Jones' mom, you got Luke Cage's mom, you got Daredevil's mom shows up for some reason. Um, you got the mom from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, you got the mom from Stop and My Mom Will Shoot. It's all the mums. Yeah. They have a bake off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, for some reason, like, you know, all the mums are there. So, uh, Jessica needs a slightly dodgy doctor to get Sephensinal from, so she decides to visit Wendy, aka Calamity Jane. Um, yeah, why the I was just fuck could you I... just pick me and I'll get your damn fucking prescription? <laughs> okay, so I haven't listened to your episodes yet, but it, it wasn't until this episode I'm like, wait a minute, I know her. <laughs> and then I realized who it was. I was like, I love her. I tell you something cool from the interview I did with um, with um, Susie Abramite, which was she said that in every scene that um, that Carrie had with. Um, with um, Robin Weingart, a.k.a. Wendy, um, Carrie was, like, totally fangirling because she's, like, a massive fan of, of her and Deadwood, which is really cool. Aww. I cannot stop seeing Calamity, Calamity Jane. I'm sorry. Yeah. I want to take her seriously as this other character, but I'm just like, when is she going to start swearing? Uh, Jessica, oh, <laughs> Jessica offers to be in Wendy's corner in regards to the divorce, but Wendy seems a bit in denial about the divorce and gives um, Jessica a prescription for antipsychotics instead. <laughs> and Jessica keeps it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay, <laughs> might as well. I don't know I, why I, Jessica Jessica didn't just go with the honesty approach at first. Like she didn't say why she actually needed it till like that was her last attempt. Mm. She's like, okay, come on, there's this guy. He's a mind controller, or he's 
gonna hurt people or whatever, and I need this to stop him. She should have just started with that. It probably still think, wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I think she's appealing to the fact that that Wendy's going. You know, she knows she has this information on Wendy and Jerry, and that they're going through this divorce, and is hoping that that will. There's enough bitterness there. You know, from there's obviously bitterness from uh, Jerry to Wendy because Jerry's having an affair, and like you know, it's now Wendy now knows about it. Um, but the thing is, Wendy, I guess, is upset about the affair, but it still believes that her and Jerry can work out. So doesn't believe that it's going to get to divorce, which I quite like in Wendy's. I really, really like Wendy's character in the show. I will say, um, I like her. I think she's. And I think she she really underplays it. She just seems like a, a decent person, I think, in most of her scenes. Most of them, until she kills Jessica Jones later. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, you can have, depending on what the antipsychotic is, you can have a lot of fun with some of them. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, like, if, if she was given a prescription for Seroquel. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it might uh, do the same as the fentanyl. It just would take a little bit longer to take effect. Party, party. That's a good knockout drug, by the way. So Jessica wonders if she can just go and steal the fentanyl. But there's a lot of people around, including a pregnant lady, so she thinks, oh, I can't really knock out <laughs> yeah. people to steal it. Um, I liked her thought process there. I know, and it was great. I love, I love when we get like the voiceover and it's actually her thoughts, you know, going through. It's brilliant. It's, it's very noir. It's great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so as she's walking home, she sees a cyclist accidentally crash into Malcolm. Uh, we don't get any nicknames from Robin this episode, but we get one from the cyclist because he calls Malcolm Requiem for a Dream, which did make me think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a bicyclist. I'm trying to clean up the earth. I care about I the planet. That. It's like, shit. Ugh. I would have pushed this guy out of the way as well. Uh, so Jessica... Who's going to punch him in front of a bus? Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's like, this guy's an asshole. And Malcolm, Malcolm tells Jessica that she's a good person, which... Don't steal my quote. The second time makes me go... <laughs> Because, like, we see what happens later. I'm like, oh, poor Malcolm. Yeah. Um, so the next scene, Jessica is asleep and gets a knock at the door, and the men are there to fix her door. So where did these guys come from? She hired them? Portugal. She, yeah, yes, they're from Portugal. She hired them. Yeah, she hired them because um, Trish paid for the, the new plane of glass for the door, but the actual door itself is broken. So she had to hire someone to replace the door. That's why she can't afford to pay for the door, because Trish paid, paid for the glass, but she didn't pay for the door. And and Trish's guy isn't going to fix the door because she sent him to the hospital. <laughs> oh, yeah, true, yeah. And she sent him to the hospital. That's right. I forgot about that. Well done, Nutty. <laughs> Ten points. Get a cool star. Yay! Yes. Uh, so Trish calls to say that the interview with Hope has been set for the next day. Um, she's doing an interview with a brainwashing expert and doing a live remote to Hope in prison, uh, which was arranged by Jerry. Obviously, this is a very bad idea, so Jessica gets very worried, as Kilgrave will undoubtedly be listening and thinking about Jessica. We get another flashback to Reva kind of falling backwards. Uh, Then Jessica visits Luke in the bar to apologise for running off, and uh, just comes out and says, hey, uh, do you know any drug dealers? (laughs) (laughs) And sorry if this is anyone's quote, but he says, I own a bar in Hell's Kitchen, what do you think? (laughs) Unfortunately, he doesn't know drug dealers for that particular drug. So, uh, does she want anything else? Uh, Smash cut to post-sex. And we get the best quote of the episode. I'm not going to say it. Yes. I laughed so loudly. Yes. I I cheered and jumped up and down when that quote happened. uh, And I'll say why. (laughs) 
so but it's during the bar bartending bar, bar scene where he says says something about hard to know when to bring up a dead wife, and I'm like mm-hmm. that was his wife. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time I thought he was his, she was his sister for some reason. What? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> So you think Again, you're going with Buffy twins, and Angel tropes. You thought the twins were a couple and the couple were brother and sister. Yeah. And Trish and Pam are the same person. Okay, but I think everybody had to think the twins were a couple until they said that they were Absolutely, siblings, yeah. right? And they looked okay. definitely like, yeah. Okay, so I really like this scene because I like that they're kind of doing pillow talk. They haven't done this before. <laughs> There's definitely more of a sense of intimacy. Um, uh, Luke tells her to say whatever it is that she hasn't been telling him since they met. There's another great quote. I won't say it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and Jessica starts to talk about Kilgrave, um, hypothetically, but Luke is skeptical. Uh, and Jessica says that she believes in Hope's story. And then they have a little smooch in bed. Aww. Incredible so chemistry, these two. Oh, so good. I love them. I love them. Aww. I'm making little heart shapes with my hands. To myself. I think it's around this time that Tex says to me, he goes, you know, I was looking up uh, some of the Wikipedia for Jessica Jones. You know they're married in the comics? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I've said that before, so I don't think that's a spoiler for the movies. <laughs> and, and comic stuff is not this stuff, because they're obviously doing their own thing. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Mel, also, what did I you didn't say? see any condoms, guys, this episode. There were no condoms being used. She's, she's got unbreakable eggs, so no sperm's going to get in there. Unbreakable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mel, what were you saying? I didn't remember that you said that they were married. They are married in the comics, yes. Now, but there's been a lot cool. of marriages like in the that. comics yeah, that, that, you know, have or haven't panned through. There is a very, very adorable fact about um, them, their, kind of them, which I'm not going to say, but it's one of my favorite things in comics. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. Um, they have matching birthmarks. They do. <laughs> they have matching tattoos of each other's names. Oh. Uh, so in the next scene, Jerry and Hope are in prison. Hope is talking on Trish Talk about Kilgrave while Jessica listens. And we can see that Jessica is visibly distraught listening. I thought her performance was great in this scene as well. Oh, my gosh. It, but both her and, and Hope, the girl who plays Hope, amazing. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good. <laughs> and we think, yeah, because maybe Kilgrave's listening. We don't know at this point. Um, and then Jerry sort of reveals her real plan and says that Hope is delusional. Um, and Trish mentions, hey, the city's been attacked by aliens, so what about mind control? And Jerry says, well, if there's any other people who've met Kilgrave, uh, contact my office. But I believe that Hope suffered a mental break. And this obviously this goes... Brilliant. Sorry? I say this was brilliant on her part. Oh, she's brilliant. She's she's an evil genius. Even later, when Trish mentions, Trish sounds not only disgusted but really impressed with Jerry. Like, wow, that was really clever. Yeah. Um, so obviously, this is what goes Trish into attacking uh, Kilgrave on air. She calls him sick, perverted, and impotent. So Jessica runs in and breaks the mic. What did you think at this point in the scene? And what was your guys' reaction when Kilgrave actually phoned in? What yes, I thought was this one. What I thought was interesting during the scene was when the person at the controls, like, controlling the audio, mm-hmm. Jessica, when they started fiddling with the buttons, Jessica turned to them and gave them a really dirty look. So it was kind of just interesting because that person was controlling things. You know, it was just kind of a, mm-hmm. fun, like, a fun little kind of wink. Wink, wink. Mm, that's right. <laughs> kind of a winky yeah. wink. <laughs> Did you recognize that it was Kilgrave straight away when he phoned up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is British in this show? 
Oh, it is Jessica there. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So far for now. Toodle pip. So yeah, I know. Us, us English are always evil. It. We're always evil. Thanks. <laughs> True. Oh, I've always yeah. known you were evil, Claire. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't hide it well enough, clearly. No, you don't. <laughs> Cheers. Um, <laughs> and Creelgrave says that, you know, if, uh, if a man like Kilgrave did exist... Um, and someone insulted him, uh, that would be wildly dangerous on their part. And this is when I, I was watching the show and I went, oh, crap. Close ups on Hope and Jessica's faces, just... Yeah. And even Trish's face afterwards is a bit like, oh, what have I done? Mm. Mm. But I think Trish is kind of... Um, kind of confident because she she has this she feels like no one can touch her almost um so she feels like she can do this but then it, it sort of reminds her that she isn't untouchable yep absolutely. Uh, what were you gonna say nutty sorry oh i was just gonna say during this scene uh tech asked me he's like you want that booth don't you you want that studio i was like yeah except for the glass so, you know sound just bounces right off that glass <laughs> and then when when Jessica's like bursting everything up, I'm like, you can't just run into the booth stop. Oh, that's all in the air. That's all. In the air. Yeah. Having worked in radio, like it's just flashbacks, and I'm like, oh no, you can't come in while people are talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd. So <laughs> the next scene shows obviously that Trish is kind of on edge uh, by what's just happened because they're leaving, and this is when Trish is kind of impressed, and we see this man following them. And he puts his hand on her shoulder, and she turns around and kicks him to the floor. But, he, oh, he's just a fan. Oh, amazing, Amy. Right. I love you. <laughs> I miss yes, your other hair. Exactly. Did you guys see, you guys noticed the comic book, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Patsy Walker comic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, oh, look, look. Anyway, I thought I that like was I like that awesome. Patsy Walker comics exist in this universe, so there are comics <laughs> of her. As a so kid. she, Patsy Walker is in the comics is... Hellcat, right? Mm-hmm. But before she was Hellcat, she was like this teen character type thing, um, like in these comics, and then she became Hellcat later. And then the comics where she was a teen kind of character were written into Marvel continuity by saying that they were actually stories written by Patsy Walker, who is Hellcat's mother, about Patsy Walker's childhood. Oh. Uh, so in this, this stuff now. <laughs> so this in this in the Marvel universe, it's basically her mother is a bit of a stage mum and wrote stories about Patsy as a as a you know as a child in these comic books. Pushed her into television, so she was in the show as a child. She's always been on screen. She was a child star, um, and she's grown up uh, to be on radio as well. So she's she's very famous. So she has a lot of fans, um, and her mother is kind of the one behind her career as, you know, sort of the epitome of the stage mum. Patsy Walker, in this, though, there's no Hellcat? There's no Patsy Walker with superpowers? I'm I'm not saying. Well, okay, okay, Matt, I'll just tell you. Come close, come close, Matt. Matt. I'm going to whisper in your ear. Okay, okay. I can hear you guys. (laughs) Not until episode 11, Matt, okay? Okay. Just wait, just wait. Okay, cool, cool. So, um... Patsy Walker first appears in comics in 1944, and it's not mm-hmm. until 1976 that she appears as Hellcat. Yeah, so I think that's really interesting. That's that's uh, you know, she's one of the oldest years. Marvel characters apparently. Yeah, super old. I hadn't really heard about her since, but I, I think she's quite interesting now. And Marvel is doing a new um, Hellcat uh, series. I think it's called Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, maybe, and it's starting in January. Cool. 
yeah, so I'm going to buy that. Um, and this is when we get the uh, title of the episode. Uh, Trish says, I don't know how you handle it. And Jessica says, it's called whiskey. Ding, there we go. Ding, ding. Uh, so Jessica gives Trish an app that's going to track her phone and then leaves to go and get drugs. But she is unable And those to apps track. are real, by the way. That's scary. No, no, no. They're they're no, real it is for, good, but it kind of for that me. purpose. There, yeah. uh, there's also apps that you can have uh, that sometimes it's the same app, but there's also apps that you can have where you keep your finger on your phone your entire walk home, and if your finger comes off, it calls the police right away and sends your location. What? Oh my God. What if you sneeze? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, the, they'll figure it out. There's oh, there's okay. fail safes and things like that. There's also settings that you can have it where it's um, you have your projected route, how long it's going to take you, and your phone will alert you, and you put in your code. You've got a certain amount of time, and if you don't put in your code, they'll call the police. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. Well, if, if you're walking home and you don't feel safe, yeah. So Jessica is unable to track Dr. David Carada from the, the previous episode. Um, she's trying to get hold of him to obviously ask for some anesthetic. Uh, and the new door is up, but uh, uh, the lock's been changed, and there's a little note saying, pay us, we give you key. So Jessica breaks the lock of her brand new door. Oh. <laughs> and then she finds out that... I love that she just... Her complicated this. issue with doors. I know. <laughs> so good. And she finds out that Dr. Karada quit and moved to India. So, yeah. That's a, a dead end. <laughs> then we see Ruben is helping Malcolm out of the lift. We learn some little facts about uh, our friend Ruben, our friends Ruben and Robin in this, uh, in this scene. Um, one is that they have foil over their windows. Okay. Wow. And Ru- Ruben has a beetle collection. <laughs> And we also learned that Malcolm really, really loves peanut butter because when he wandered into Jessica's apartment, he immediately started eating peanut butter. And when he accidentally wanders into Ruben and Robin's, he immediately starts eating peanut butter. <laughs> I like that continuity. I like that as well. Did anyone else think that Ruben was going to, like, do something to Jessica when he paused? No. Like, the door closed and he stopped mid-sentence. So I was like, oh, my God, Kilgrave has him. Oh. No. Oh, I didn't even I, think that. Disgust me. <laughs> this is the problem. Uh, I'm going to see Kilgrave everywhere now. Be like, oh, yeah, this person, this person. Well, I think that's the point. Yeah. Um, we also learned that Robin is a, an excellent bowler. She's excellent. She at bowling. has many trophies. Well, well, there's a quote about the trophy. There's so many quotes from this episode that I loved. <laughs> quote section would be fun. So um, Jessica takes Malcolm to the hospital, and we think, oh, that's nice. And then we realize, oh, she's hiding her face. That's kind of weird. And then she apologized to Malcolm. And then, oh, my God, she's pushed Malcolm over. What is happening? She steals the drugs. Um, yeah. She walks out, and Malcolm glares at her, and she looks very She gets the idea from shameful. Ruben to use racism to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she doesn't like, just oh. push him over. She says, she I says, don't know what yeah. happened. He just lunged for that lady. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Poor mm. Malcolm. He told her it she's was a good smart, person. smart, by the way. Yeah. Oh, Jessica's so smart, smart in this, this episode, but I just feel so bad for him. I think Woody, he probably would have helped her if she asked. <laughs> I don't know. But he probably. wasn't too out of it to realize, but yeah, he probably would have. Yeah. A very dependable guy, though. Aww. Maybe he's be like, I'll give you some peanut butter if you make a scene. Hey, peanut butter. It's like dog. Give you peanut butter. Peanut butter, oh, sure. Or if he's really out of it, just stick some peanut butter in his mouth and make it look like he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Later on, though, when she knocked on Luke's door, I thought she was actually knocking on Ruben's door to apologize. I was, like, hoping that she would go apologize. <laughs> she's not going to she apologize has- to Ruben. She just, every you know, scene she speaks to Ruben, she just ends up giving him weird stares. But it's Malcolm, she might have no, not Ruben, the, sorry, the drug guy. Oh, Malcolm, yeah. Yeah, Malcolm, sorry. I keep I keep getting them, the names mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was apologize, going to apologize to Malcolm, but it was actually, she was just talking to Luke. I was like, no. oh, yeah. disappointing. You're like, I'm disappointed in you, Jessica Jones. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so, in the next scene, Officer Simpson arrives at Trish's, um, Trish's apartment. Is Sarah uh, Connor living here? <laughs> hey, Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Except it wouldn't be funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, says he needs to question her about the assault she did on her on her fan earlier. Um, she's very hesitant, but she does decide to let him in. And oh my god, he attacks her and attempts to shoot her. Or did you guys? Did you guys give a little scream at this point? Were you surprised? Like, did you think this guy was Kilgrave? I knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. I think. You, uh, yeah, I kind of. I wasn't sure or not if, if it was happening, but I think the biggest suspense here was whether or not um, Trish was going to get the upper hand here. And mm-hmm. when he got his hands around her throat, that was pretty scary. Yeah, definitely. She does get in an awesome nut punch. I actually wrote in my notes, nut punch! Yay! Awesome, <laughs> yeah. It was great. Uh, she tries to get to a safe room, but he gets hold of her and starts to strangle her. And that's when Jessica appears to stop him. And Jessica is so clever in this scene. Like, this is one of the reasons I love Jessica Jones. She's so smart. She tells, mm. she knows the only way he's going to leave and she can't necessarily beat him because he has been con- controlled by Kilgrave. She might only be able to stop him by killing him. She doesn't want to do that. So she tells him that he has killed Trish and by injecting Trish with the UC fentanyl, sending Trish to sleep. And because she says that he's completed his job, he leaves and then she runs after him, plants Trish's phone on him and then can follow him. I, th- I was like, oh my God, she- I love you, Jessica. You're yeah. so clever. She knows how the mind control thing works, so she knows that he has to complete his mission. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I found the phone thing a little bit uh, unbelievable, because that phone is pretty big, and how could you not notice a new phone in your pocket? Well, I thought it was unbelievable that she could hear everything like he's saying, but I was like, okay, you know, he's pro- he's a bit out of it. He's being controlled. Fair enough. I can, I can go with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You ever have somebody butt dial you? You can hear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, my mom has butt-dialed me so many times, (laughs) and I'm just listening, and I'm like, Mom, Mom, and I try screaming. She can't hear me, but I can hear (laughs) everything going on. I don't butt-dial people. I tend to bag-dial people when my phone's in my bag. (laughs) Accidentally. There you go. Uh, So uh, the creepiest bit of this scene is when um, the Officer Simpson says that Kilgrave said it's not Jessica's time yet. It's like, Mm So she follows him via the app and listens to his calls. I made a note that they go past a shop called Balloon Saloon, which just made me laugh, actually. <laughs> I know, that made me laugh, Probably the real business. Oh, it probably is, yeah. I just thought, <laughs> aw. Um, she hears the officer tell Kilgrave that Patsy is dead. Um, she can see him as well through the skylight. Uh, Kilgrave is yelling at soccer players or football players for anyone who's not American, uh, which is quite funny. And... Um, and then Kilgrave tells uh, Simpson to leave via the balcony. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you guys are like, oh, he's going to die. The, my favourite bit of the scene is when she's watching Kilgrave and she says, I see you, asshole." I was like, yeah. Stealing quotes. God damn it. There's enough. Scratch that one off. <laughs> 
So um, Simpson prepares to jump off the balcony. Jessica pulls him back, and this gets Kilgrave's attention. And for the first time in the series, Kilgrave and Jessica meet eyes. And we see the first good look at Kilgrave. In all his purple glory. In all his sexiness. <laughs> I actually expected a bigger... David uh, sexiness, not Kilgrave's sexiness. I will, I will reiterate. <laughs> I expected a bigger stunt here, but maybe the budget constraints or just maybe the story they wanted to have Jessica and um, Kilgrave meet on opposite sides of glass so he can't control her mm-hmm. but I expected her to like jump off the roof gra- and grab this cop as he's jumping off the roof and mm-hmm. the land with him maybe that would kill her though we don't know the extent of her powers yeah I think that's Although what we're meant to think is going to happen as well and instead we get the action from that that you might expect in her taking out all these other these other people <laughs> You know, um, in, instead, like, his little minions who are all there to stop um, Jessica following Kilgrave. That's I kept it's... really fearing that the kids were going to come into play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different apartment, isn't it? This is yeah. so. yeah. No, it's the same one. Is it? Oh, because that's the so. same white couch that they were sitting on and playing games in. But there's a little ginger kid in this apartment. There's a little ginger kid in this apartment. There wasn't a ginger kid in the Yeah, well, he apartment. added people. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think it. I think if it was the same apartment, they would have brought up the kids in the closet. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, because I wanted to know what happened to those. Kids. Oh, those kids are probably dead. <laughs> no, I don't want to think about those kids. Spoilers. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how often Kilgrave. Like they're they're on the radio. They're they're trying to get people to come forward, like other victims. But I'm wondering how often Kilgrave just lets he orders people to kill themselves. So how many people are actually out there that survived? Mm, the maybe you will find out. <laughs> there's secretly there's there's one. One <laughs> one other. There's a there's a whole like support group that meets <laughs> Wednesday. They have a, a chair circle and the, the talking stick. Yeah. yeah. Aww. Uh so now we get the full flashback of uh kind of what, what we can get little hints of all through the episode. So in flashback, uh Kilgrave tells Jessica to take care of her to Reva. Jessica punches Reva in the chest and we hear her ribs crack and it's horrible. Yep. Reva flies back. Jessica wanders over to her. Kilgrave tells her to come back, but Jessica just kind of turns and looks at him and is, is starting to cry. And then the, we hear the bus approach and approach Jessica and then we hear the crash. Um, how did she get away? Yeah, I was wondering how she was able to resist Kilgrave in this flashback. Maybe we'll well, it, she was starting to turn, so it looked like she was going back to him then. But he called her several times. You'd think this power is good enough to just be like, get over here. And she he just said, no, Jessica. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. My thought is she is strong. She's stronger than anyone he's ever met. Yes. And after he makes her kill someone, she is so strong, she can resist him. Mm. Well, I, I, that's, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like she was like cuz she felt like she realized yeah. what she did what right? she was doing exactly cuz that's pro- that I believe from what we've seen so far that's likely the first time he's made her kill someone yeah and that's what it took for her to be to to need the gumption to pull herself away from him but also when you look at it he looks scared mm-hmm. or worried at the very least because i bet she is the only person who has ever been able to do that. Yes. And he doesn't know if he can still control her. She assumes he can control her, but he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So maybe he can't control her. He looks pretty cocky when he sees her on the roof, like through the glass. 
seems anyway, pretty confident. You're paying attention to what's going on behind you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, but I mean, like, when, when their eyes meet and, yeah. and he sees her, there's a look of worry there. And then oh, when, okay. obviously, he sees he's yeah. going to be okay, but then he leaves. And I yeah, know he probably has a big plan, but he leaves, and I think he's not quite sure. That's my he's thought. He's obsessed with her because he can't, mm-hmm. he can't control her. Yep. Mm. Like he's she's the one. Could. She's the one that got away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the big question is like, what was so special about Reva Connors? Like, why yeah. did Jessica have to murder her? Exactly. What is that all about? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering too. Was she just maybe the it's not. Girlfriend? Maybe it's not Reva that's special. Maybe it's her connection with Luke. Good thing. Good thing. Luke is also super powered. Remember. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine that it's just coincidence that he had her kill the wife of another super-powered person. Mm-hmm. We shall see. We'll find out everything in next week's episode. Or not. <laughs> this is why it's... This is actually the fun part about not being an expert. I love asking these questions every week. I love listening to them. It's great. I love it. I'm like... <laughs> um, so Jessica basically gets attacked by everyone in this <laughs> apartment block. Um, they're like Kilgrave's little zombies, almost. Bad ginger. <laughs> Yeah, bad ginger. Just saying, um, you can't, you can't follow him. You can't follow him. She has also managed to knock out Officer Simpson. Uh, she enters this one room, and this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Photos of Jessica everywhere. The printer is still printing them. I don't know why. The one detail I found really creepy is that there's a photo of her, and it's under a magnifying glass. I just find that so creepy because it's like, oh. And then he's written on one of them, "See you later." Yep, creepy. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I want you to go out and get more ink. Get more <laughs> ink. i got to keep printing pictures. <laughs> so, Rasturbator is his favorite program. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny in this episode. It's pretty funny in this episode, like, compared to the last show we watched with Daredevil and him mm-hmm. fighting all these thugs and stuff. And uh, Jessica Jones' big uh, set-piece fight scenes are just with nobodies. They're just, mm-hmm. just like, yeah. upper-class white folks. Middle-aged white folks. Or it's different the because she doesn't want to actually kill them, you know. She doesn't yeah. really want to hurt them that bad. She doesn't really like hurt them that bad. Like, I mean, she knocks them out a lot of the time. But like, Daredevil is like got no problems about breaking all their bones as long as he doesn't kill them. Yeah. I'm just wondering if she's going to fight anyone who's a match for her at, at all in this. I think she will. I think I don't have any spoilers at all. But come on, it's almost the writing's on the wall that that Purple Man's going to take control of Luke and they're going to have a yeah. huge Ooh, fight. that would be awesome. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, this is uh, we get the little cameo of Daredevil when she fights Daredevil. Oh, I think we ever heard about that. <laughs> Maybe she fights Trish. Trish, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot of people she could fight. She could fight Pan the Secretary. <laughs> she could fight Pan the Secretary. She could fight Jane. Jane. Her, she could fight Jane, but she would lose. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You fuck her, get over here. <laughs> so... I- I I, I know we kind of passed it, so skipping back, uh, I just love how clever she is to make people think that they've carried out their missions. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That is fantastic. Actually, the the whole uh, falling in the trash scene, I was like, that was filmed terribly. They're going to make us think that... uh, that, Go ahead. Well, I I thought it was... At first, I was like, are they trying to make us think that they fell into the trash from the top of the building? (laughs) Like, oh, wait, no, they're just trying to show that she's making Will think this. Yeah. (laughs) IMDb has it listed as one of the goofs, and I'm like, that's not a goof, it's a plot point. Wait, Robin, she's making who think that? Will. Who's Will? Will Simpson. How do you know his name's Will Simpson? 
Oh, because I uh, saw a panel where they were called by their okay. character. Okay, all right, I'll let you off. Okay, his name's Will. Well, also because his real name is Will, so the actor is Will. Oh, see, I'm would... checking. I'm checking closely to make sure you haven't been a pumpkin eater again. No, I. I, I was actually. <laughs> I was like, okay, so he's playing this character. Maybe this character will be more important in the long run. I don't know. Uh, my husband did say, he's like, what kind of a, a, a trained sergeant on the force is just going to leave after that? You know, oh, you killed somebody. No, you didn't. But uh, hmm, something oh. happened and just walk away. And I'm like, and also, oh, says we're not going to see him again. <laughs> also, I don't understand why she doesn't use him as a witness. He's been controlled by Kilgrave. Yeah. You go he's constantly trying say. to keep people out of trouble. I also yeah. think as well at this point, like you were saying, Jessica's so smart in getting people to think that they've yep. completed their mission. Like she could explain it to him here, um, but I think she's so kind of freaked out by what she's just seen, as in coming face to face with Kilgrave mm-hmm. and then seeing just how obsessed he is. I mean, she knows he's obsessed, but oh my god, you know, it's 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 so creepy, and the fact that he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos of her, like. He's been watching her every movement. I think she's just really distracted. And yeah, she, she just wants to, to get out of there. Hmm? She better come to her senses and contact these people later. Mm-hmm. And, which also um, makes up for the... I think it was kind of careless to say, actually, you didn't kill her. Don't worry. Go home. Because yeah. he could still be under the influence of Kilgrave and be like, oh, I didn't kill her? Well, I'm going to go back to that apartment now. Exactly. Her. That's what I was saying. I'm like, don't tell him mm-hmm. you didn't kill her. Yeah. 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 So... Um, I think she's just so distracted at this point, like, freaked out that that's why she's just like, oh, oh, oh no, you did, oh, okay, okay, bye, you know, like, kind of runs off. Um, and she just tells him to go home. So in the next scene, uh, Jessica goes to Luke's and she tells him that she did something, which means that she can't come in ever when she has unfinished business. Luke believes it's due to his dead wife, which we're like, oh, it kind of is. <laughs> and then he closes the door on Jessica and up my little heart breaks. And uh, Jessica leaves, and then she realizes that someone must have been standing on the exact corner outside of Luke's bar in order to photograph her up on the fire escape. And then she looks determined. And she's determined. looking down and didn't notice anyone taking pictures of her. Mm-hmm. That's because mm. he was hiding on a wall in the shadows, and his name is Peter Parker. <laughs> Damn it, Peter. He's a great photographer. Don't or it was Veronica it Mars in a nearby car. Yeah, it was totally Veronica Mars. It's a great camera that doesn't need a flash in the nighttime. Well, <laughs> I do actually have a kind of a kind of Spider-Man Easter egg for this episode, guys. Ooh. So that was the end of the episode. Are you guys ready for your Easter eggs? Mm, very, very hungry. Yeah. Very hungry. Are you hungry, Nutty? Oh yes, give me them uh, Cadbury Easter eggs, please. Yeah, it's not, cases it's not made of uh, it's not made of the one hundred percent dark cocoa chocolate I have in front of me, which you can only eat about a fingernail's worth at a time because it's like oh, yum, yum, yum. don't worry. These are, these are yummy, yummy Easter eggs. Okay, so talking of Spider Man in the convenience store when Jessica's buying whiskey. The radio host voice, this is what it says on IMDb. I don't know if it's correct, but it does sound like it. The radio host voice is J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man. Oh, nice. And it does kind of sound like, even though the Spider-Man films obviously are not linked with um, the Marvel films, it does kind of sound like something J. Jonah Jameson would do, is be ranting about superheroes. Um, (laughs) So I think that's really cool. Um, The Spider-Man films are not linked with... um, Obviously, with the with the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, and neither of the X Men films. However, 
the uh, the radio host, uh, aka J. Jonah Jameson, also introduced one of the callers as being from Westchester, New York, which happens <laughs> to be where the mansion where Charles Xavier and the X Men live. Yep, yep. Yeah. All connected, guys. It's all connected. And uh, a little final bit of trivia for this uh, this particular scene. Um, the whiskey or the bourbon, sorry, that uh, Jessica buys is Wild Turkey, which is the same brand that is drunk by Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. Hmm. Ah, yes. Ah. So they could maybe have a drink off in uh, season two of Daredevil. And, yeah, uh, except, except uh, Frank Castle actually has a preferred alcohol. Whereas Jessica just switches. Yeah, Jessica will drink whatever. Anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I kept laughing at that. Like, I mean, well, Turkey, it's not bad. Uh, she, she switches all around the different things. I've seen her. I, I can't remember all the ones that she's drank so far, but I mean, one of uh, the Cuddy Sark is the one that popped out in my head. I'm like, <laughs> that was in my parents' liquor cabinet. Nobody drank it for 30 <laughs> years. It was that. You know bad. who would though? You know who would drink it? Jessica Jones. Jessica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. She'd come over and clean out the liquor cabinet. <laughs> oh, give me all this bad stuff with dust on it. <laughs> so, as I mentioned yeah. before, we get two mentions of the Avengers here. Uh, Luke Cage says, you, me, the big green dude and his crew. And also we get the mention of aliens attacking the city. So that's the obviously the goings-on in the first Avengers film. We see the Patsy Walker comics are a thing in this world. Um, the comic doesn't appear to be a, a real comic that was a, a Hellcat or Patsy Walker comic. However, the logo is exactly the same as the actual one used. And if you look very closely, you can see the teeny tiny um, logo of Atlas, which was the original name of Marvel and was the logo that we saw on the door opposite Nelson and Murdoch's office in Daredevil. So that's quite cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's next? Oh, and Patsy Walker, she gets told by her fan, or Trish Walker, I should say, he says to her, I miss your red hair. That's because in the comics, as Hellcat, she has red hair, not blonde hair. Yep. That's kind of a nice nod to that. Um, Reva Connors uh, is a character who did have a relationship with Luke Cage and was introduced as well in um, issue one of Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, in 1972. She was his old flame. Um, however, in that, she was not killed in a bus crash in the comics. That's just from this, this show. Distant relation of, wasn't a bus of the crash, lizard? It was being punched in the chest. Sorry? Sorry. Distant relation of the lizard? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Reva Connors, yeah. cousin Brown. of Kirk Connors, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yep. And um, one last bit of trivia, which is the, the best one, which is in this episode... Um, Luke Cage uses his signature comic book phrase of Sweet Christmas! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes! Which was amazing and made me so happy. Yay. So, that was your Easter eggs. Are you feeling thoroughly full? I just yes. burped. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm showing Mel a picture of Hellcat. What do you nice. think of Hellcat? I like her costume. <laughs> Very simple. So, um, I've, I've got another Easter oh, egg. What was your extra Easter egg for? I'm not sure. I think this might be people stretching, but um, when Jessica says go to sleep to one of Kilgrave's slaves to knock him out, it's similar Mm -hmm. to what Tony Stark says to the Hulk. Oh, they should do the little lullaby hand thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, big guy. (laughs) Say that to the people she's going to put to sleep. I think that's cool. So now it is quote time. Uh, Nutty, you can go first as you are our special guest. Oh boy. Mm. 
we've already mentioned so many uh, of them, but I think I'm going to have to go with, I guess he's kind of scary if you just wake up and you don't know him. And maybe you're a bit racist. (laughs) (laughs) I love Ruben. I feel so bad for him. I just want to hug him. I know. It was smart, but oh, how could you do that? My quote is from him. Okay. She hit me with a little man. Yeah. <laughs> I love the next bit of that quote. I think I have it. Uh, she hit me with a little man. It was a trophy of a little man. It was a little woman, actually. <laughs> I, love I have, you're a good person, Jessica Jones. You're high. <laughs> I have one from Jessica to Jerry. Your compassion is overwhelming. I love that one. Mel, have you got any quips? Mm. We use them all. Uh, it's broad daylight. We have foil over our windows. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked when, uh, oh, what's her name? Jaren's wife? Wendy. Wendy. When Wendy said to Jessica, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I like I the, uh, the, man, the man who comes to fix the door, and he just says, uh, this is a very broken door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm on this bike every day because I care about this planet. <laughs> I would have punched that guy across the I street. care about this planet, too, but I don't go announcing it to people. I <laughs> <laughs> so, like uh, David I, Keller or Kilgrave, sorry, yelling at the football where he says, yeah. don't just kick it all the time, you ginger yeah. brat. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this is not a quote from the show, but it's a response to a quote from the show on Reddit. It's, it's a whole thread and I have to share it because I found it hysterical and it has to do with them being too loud for Robin. (laughs) Well, they're going into town. Soon Matt will be able to hear this. Did you hear that? Sounds like super sex. Better investigate. (laughs) Then he walks within a block. Yep. Smells like super sex. Then he walks into the room. Yep. Tastes like super sex. (laughs) He touches them. Damn, super sex feels good. Uh, super sex looks good. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> and then someone says, I'd like to see a comedy parody instead of uh, Matt saving people. He uses his powers for pervy shit. Oh, <laughs> you know he would. Come on. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> oh, Reddit. Matt's, Matt's like a proper hound in the comics, so you know he, do, he uses them for pervy you know, stuff. Gross, Matt. Gross. I'm sorry. Matt. <laughs> what I won't Did say that is, is that is actually the exact way that Daredevil's cameo into this series happens and how uh, Matt Murdock, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones meet for the first time in this series. Is is, is from Pervy. <laughs> it's from him walking in, in super, on Super Sex. Nice. Is anyone going to say the obvious quote? Uh, mm. Sweet Christmas. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the only other one I have is I see you asshole. This is great. So, um, one thing I wanted to comment because there were some hospital scenes and uh they actually said the name of the hospital and so number one, I'm assuming this is the same hospital from Daredevil. It's the same set it appears to be. And I keep waiting for Claire to show up. Uh but they mentioned the name of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Metropolitan Hospital is a real hospital, but it loses people. It has a very bad reputation for losing people. That's because it's in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, you know. (laughs) Like, don't go to Metropolitan Hospital. They're going to lose you. Sometimes they're dead bodies. Sometimes they're live bodies. But they get lost. They're like injured injured ninjas that are brought in. Like, and and goons. I'm taking that band name. 
Injured Ninjas. Where's the Injured Ninjas? We're in a rock. Yeah, I love the Injured Ninjas. <laughs> then it just we throw smoke bombs down and we disappear. At the end of <laughs> oh, that was a great show. I think I saw one. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay, so it's time for feedback. Um, one thing I'm going to say is our guest from last week, Rebecca, mentioned some um, uh, some panels from particular comics, and she has very kindly sent them to me, so I'm going to put them in the Facebook group, and they're pretty funny, particularly the one of Deadpool and uh, Iron Fist hanging out. It's adorable. Um, so, Mel, do you want to read Heidi's email with your lovely voice? Okay, so this email is from Heidi. Starts with Hey guys. Oh, that's long. Okay. So that's says, <clears throat> Shut up. Hey guys, I like the conversation between Jessica and Luke, but the Avengers and being a. Ugh. I'm gonna start over. <laughs> hey guys! <laughs> Hey guys, I like the conversation between Jessica and Luke about the Avengers and being a hero. I skip over the sex scenes. So, <laughs> so, in my, oh, so in my viewing, there isn't, isn't a whole lot of them together, but that was a fun tie-in conversation. <laughs> oh, why'd you skip the sex scenes, hi? Oh, I hope you got to hear the sweet Christmas, though. Because she was, like, just, just skipping them, like, closing her eyes. Like, <laughs> La la, maybe, maybe. La 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 la. Oh, it's, is it over? La la la. <laughs> um, Trish is a ninja. Cool. That was a great scene between the two of them. So she must have been attacked, raped, maybe, and that is why she's learning to protect herself. Mm. I can't help but suspect everyone is somehow being controlled by Kilgrave. Does he have that kind of power? Can he make someone act normal until he needs them to do otherwise? It seems like it. Be- he was nowhere around when Hope killed her parents. If so, I predict Trish or the lawyer or are or will be working for him. Oh. Mm. I don't know, Heidi. Maybe somebody shouldn't ask so many questions about whether or not certain people are being controlled. Whoa. Oh, sorry, guys. I blacked out for a second. What? <laughs> uh, I guess Trish probably isn't working for him yet since she just made him angry on the radio. That was pretty... That was pretty chilling, and poor Hope. Yeah. I knew that cop was being controlled. Jessica is definitely smart as well as strong. Pretending Trish was dead was the only way to get that cop to leave without killing him. I didn't expect Jessica to face Kilgrave so soon, although it was really just a moment. Mind control is a very powerful weapon, isn't it? You could create an army. <laughs> That's what he does. That's funny. That's funny, that, that point, though, because, like... Professor X is like the master of mind control, and I always thought he was so lame. But then when you think about it, that'd be pretty badass power. It would. And he's a nice guy. Yeah. Wouldn't the cop have gone back into kill mode when Jessica told him no one died? That's what we were talking about, yeah. Next episode, guys. Yeah, she'll go to great lengths to make sure no one dies. She, She jumped off that building with him. It's such a contrast to Mac, Matt Murdock. I almost called him Mac. Mac Murdock. <laughs> D. It's such a contrast to Matt Murdock beating people to a bloody pulp every episode. I have no idea what is coming, but I can't wait to find out. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Thanks Heidi. Heidi. Yay. Awesome. And we have three voicemails. Very exciting. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you, Robin. Who is up first? Uh, up first is, uh, good old DW, uh, Dan. Here we go. Competition winner, Dan Wilson. 
Rebecca Jones, Season 1, Episode 3, a.k.a. It's Called Whiskey. As an urban cyclist, I was initially annoyed by the scene in which the conscious stereotype of an urban cyclist clashes with Malcolm. I was annoyed by the stereotype and further annoyed because it seemed like an unnecessary bit of comic relief, and then even further annoyed when it was followed by what seemed like even more unnecessary comic relief, first with the Portuguese-speaking door repair father and son team, and then later between Ruben and Jessica. But just when I was becoming surprised by how much filler I thought I was watching, these scenes started to make more sense to me. First... The perennially unlocked door seems to be shaping up to be a season-long metaphor for Jessica's vulnerability to Kilgrave's reach. Despite her efforts, despite Trisha's efforts, and despite partial victories, the door remains unlocked and Jessica remains a target. Second, Malcolm seems to be shaping up to be a bit of a racial and class-based Rorschach test for everyone around him. When Reuben told Jessica how his sister Robin had thought that Malcolm was a rapist, and then went on to comment that everyone's a little bit racist, Jessica reacted by staring at Reuben. I initially thought that her stare meant that she thought that Reuben was a racist idiot, but when she goes on to use Malcolm as an unwitting decoy, it clarifies that what was going through her head was actually a combination of recognition and inspiration. The earlier scene with Jessica, Malcolm, and the cyclist helped to feed into the recognition. Although most urban cyclists, in reality, are working-class people of color, the smug, self-righteous cyclist shown is an archetype of the middle-class white city dweller. The disrespect with which he addressed Malcolm, combined with Robin's fear of him and Reuben's comments, helped Jessica to form her plan. Mm -hmm. I suppose that a case could be made for Jessica's course of action, but I found it reprehensible. She basically was exploiting other people's racism for what she believed was a greater good. That she did so while wearing her hoodie up Trayvon Martin style just hammered home that she was getting away with her eyes by by criming while white and sicking people on her neighbor. While Jessica didn't kill anyone, her blame-the-black-guy tactic reminded me of Susan Smith, Charles Stewart, and others who've used a similar tactic to cover up their own crimes. That's a long way of saying that what I initially thought was just filler fluff turned out not to be, and in the end, I was impressed by how certain scenes which seemed extraneous ended up advancing the story in ways which just hadn't yet been revealed. On another note, in episode one, we see Jessica Jones do a stakeout on Luke Cage, and we're left to wonder why. In episode two, she says that Cage's lover's husband had hired her, and then we learned that that was a lie. So we were again left to wonder why she was really spying on Luke. In this episode, we learned that Jessica killed Luke's wife at Kilgrave's command. So can we reasonably conclude that Jessica was watching Luke out of guilt over making him a widower? Yes. Excelsior, (laughs) Dan W. (laughs) Thanks, Dan W. I think think that's um, really interesting, saying about those scenes and, like, how they do help Jessica formulate her plan and also one of the other things that we didn't really mention that touches on race in the episode is you know like Luke jokes to Jessica like saying that she's not telling him something and then says to her is it a racial thing and then he's like oh you know no is it you know type thing so they kind of mention it then as well so I think that's yeah that's quite cool yeah it'd be easy to knock the episode if it was like they were playing fast and loose with that but Jessica doesn't look good on her way out of that oh episode. she and Not she's beating all. herself up about it which I, I yeah. love that she I, I, I think it makes her so much more interesting that she does things that like I agree with Dan it's completely reprehensible um, and she knows it is it's not like she's just doing it for no reason she's saying you know she feels like she's doing it for the greater good and you know yeah, the, a lot totally of the characters do do reprehensible things that they feel is for the greater good, like uh, Jerry, like setting up setting up hope as well. Mm-hmm. I totally didn't connect those scenes. <laughs> yeah, excellent job, Dan. Yeah. Um, our next voicemail is from the great Doc Brown, Moira. Yay, Moira. 
Hey, Defenders Podcast. It's Moira calling. Um, I am managing to catch up, and I'm actually just watching the third episode, a.k.a. it's called Whiskey. So in my desperate bid to get this in on time, too, I'm going to um, make comments as I go and just, you know, interrupt myself. So, okay, I'll be quiet because I have to, you know, turn back on now. <laughs> oh, big reveal. The girl in the medicine cabinet died in the bush crash, of course. And we should have known that from the last episode because they showed her picture when when um, Jessica was pretending to be a nurse and doing the Seattle Grace thing and there was her picture and if we'd been smart we'd have known it was the same woman <laughs> but I wasn't that bright but as soon as I saw her picture this time before Luke said bus crash yeah I had already put it together so maybe I get a tiny brownie point for smart <laughs> oh nice I like that little move that Carrie Ann Moss makes um, after she confronts Jessica and Jessica leaves the room she does this little loosening up of her neck thing after. Did you, did you catch that? Like all the tension it took to stand up against Jessica. <laughs> you know, it takes willpower to um, to deal with her. Jessica's pretty formidable. She's not just a hothead. She's driven by conviction, I think. That makes it tougher to stand up to. Okay, just my thoughts, my opinion. <laughs> oh, I love it. More reveals. So, as suspected last week, yeah, Trish's mom used to beat her up. And... And she and, and Jessica were roommates. That's cool. And Krav Maga, what's the deal? Did you guys last week? Has everybody else heard of that except me? Am I the only one who never heard of that? I just had to Google it to understand what it was. Okay, cool. Self-defense system used, used by the Israeli defense team and now taught widely. And apparently there's a center in Toronto. Who knows? I could go there and treat. Uh, train, I mean, whatever. Anyway. Hmm. Good Lord, I hope she didn't give her very much defense at all. That's dangerous stuff. Also, excellent use of the Find Your Friend app. <laughs> oh, my God, I was tense as she was keeping around that, that house looking for Kilgrave. Oh, and we finally got to see his face, which was amazing. Uh, lucky cop, because Jessica saved you. And that uh, hallway conversation with Luke at the end. No, it's not the dead wife thing, Luke. It's she killed the dead wife. Other things, sneaky lawyer trick, uh, getting your, uh, well, claiming your client is psychotic and getting the talk show host to, you know, to make your case for you. And yay, we got to see Calamity Jane again. Woo! Okay, so sorry, that was more of, uh, you know, stream of thought kind of feedback, <laughs> which probably really isn't exactly what you're looking for. But... Yeah, nonetheless, that's what I gave you. So they are, nanya. Okay. Other <laughs> I love the use of the color purple in this show as well. I agree with you. And uh, Claire, on last week's episode, when Jessica was in the subway and she whacked the window, I thought of you and I riding the subway too. So there, my little heart just went past. Okay, also riding the subway, kind of getting lost in the subway. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, with affection, I thought of the subway. All right, overall, this is this is a smashing series. Uh, wow, I'm glad you told me about this character. I see why you like her so much. Um, because she's getting just more layers as we go along. It, it, it's peeling the onion. We are peeling the onion on Jessica Jones, and I love it. So I'm going to stick with this, and I'm going to try to behave myself and uh, be a newbie with the rest of you um, and not mm. just skip ahead. Because it's kind of fun, you know, so it's worth the wait to see how things have 
turnout. Uh, all right, so that's enough for me. Um, oh, except for a rating. Let's see. There was so much here. Oh, God, the Kilgrave reveal, um, just seeing his face alone. Uh, fabulous. Okay, i got to give this one 9 out of 10 Sue Fentanyl Hijack Capers. <laughs> Until next time, bye. Thanks, Moira. I should I should um, uh, kind of expand upon what Moira mentioned about the subway. When Moira and I were in New York in the summer, we were um, staying in Manhattan. We were actually quite close to Hell's Kitchen, and we wanted to get the subway, I think, like one or two stops, and we ended up by accident getting on the express train and ended up in Harlem. So that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, we knew as we, uh, we were on the train going, we've been on this train a very long time. And then we exited the station, and the first thing we saw was a big sign saying Harlem, and we were like, "Yeah, I think we've uh, we've uh, gone too far." So we got very lost on the subway. It was fun. thanks, Moira. Yes, thanks. Nothing wrong uh, with Harlem, though. No, Harlem was fun. It's where Luke Cage yeah. is from. It's not even the scariest part of the city. I mean, it's nothing. It was just <laughs> very far away from where we wanted to be, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah. also with us at one point. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. I think we have one voicemail left from, uh, Woo! Woo! I thought this episode was alright. I didn't think it was one of the better episodes of the season. Although, I have to say, the last sequence when Jessica almost catches Kilgrave is one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Very much of the Bourne series and the way it was shot with the quick cuts. I don't have much to say about this episode, but I have a friend who is coming online that does have something to say about this episode. But I have to say this, Claire, I think the real drinking game is whenever Mel says she doesn't understand something or when (laughs) she doesn't like something, we all take a shot. And Mel, 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 come on. How do you not like Fozzie Bear? (laughs) Thinks you're going to tell me you don't like chocolate chip ice cream. You don't like rainbows, and you don't like babies laughing. Well, I should be surprised by this, because remember during the Daredevil season, I deduced that Mel is actually one of the future heirs to Hydra, so it makes sense that she doesn't like joy. She doesn't like to with joy. Oh, please excuse me, my friend is stuck in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back SNL City Correspondent and Weekend Update City Correspondent, Stefan. Granddaughter, 
but she just so hot and she just wants revenge so much. Oh. I have to say, my friend, he's got a metal arm. He's my Buzz Lightyear to my Woody. He's got a friend in me. He's got a friend in me. Now, Stefan, yes. There must be one other more wholesome place for people to go to Hell's Kitchen this winter. Okay, just all right, all right, all right. If you're looking for a fun but really wrong sexually place to go in Hell's Kitchen this summer, oh god. Hell's Kitchen's hottest club is called You Did Not See That Coming? And this place has everything. Everything? 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 Weird boots? Cats that go. <laughs> Oh, I would like those. You may even want to know what those are. Yes. What are they? That's when the the Incredible Hulk hugs Jessica Jones and hugs Luke, and then hugs Luke Cage, and they sing this song. We are the three best friends that anyone can ever have. <laughs> the best friends that anyone can ever have. Stefan, I think it's time for you to go. Yes. You're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I need to talk to my lawyer, lawyer Judy Hogarth. She's got some really bad women problems. Like, how could, how could she marry such an ugly and such a mean-looking doctor? Step on, I get this episode of 3 out of 5. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> 3 out of 5? So oh, okay. That's, what, a, a, a 7? I, don't I know. forgot how to do math after that. I have I, no idea who six out of ten. is, so I'm okay, very confused. Stefan is a character that always talks about uh, what the hottest clubs in New York are. And he, he will say what is in there is always something ridiculous in the club. It's always like, you know, what you'll find is like, a, I don't know, like rainbow kittens and like random stuff like that. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to put, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just giving an example, but it's like really always super random stuff. <laughs> well, considering it's on Saturday Night Live, I'm going to guess it's an unfunny skit. <laughs> well, I, it, is, it is kind of funny, I think, but you guys might not. I don't know. I agree with I you that, Bill that um, Mel, Mel hates Joy, because we know Mel hates Joy. And there's a future heir of Hydra. Apparently I hate Joy, yeah, apparently. I don't know I don't know why he thought I don't like Fozzie Bear, because I do like Fozzie Bear. Don't like I just Foggy don't, Bear. Like, don't like Foggy. Foggy <laughs> <laughs> Bear. I think it's terrible hey, that do you it guys took think me this long to realize that fo- the nickname Foggy Bear is because of Fozzie Bear. I didn't realize. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Oh. Hey, do you guys think Matt and Foggy will uh, defend Ruben? 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 Yeah, probably. Well, what What's the Ruben friend? Do? Which one? The I can't remember. They all have R names. This is so confusing. <laughs> the one in the hospital. Malcolm. Malcolm? Malcolm. His, his name doesn't start with an R. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm. I was thinking, do you think they'll defend Malcolm? Maybe. Nobody, uh, like I'm, all I'm going to say is Susie Avramite and I discussed the possibility of Nelson Murdoch uh, defending a character in Jessica Jones. Mm. So there. I will watch it later. Cool. So now it is time for our ratings. Oh, I want to say thank you to everyone for sending in feedback. We do love getting feedback. like, And we appreciate you taking the time to send us your thoughts. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, Nutty, you are a very special guest, and therefore we will uh, get your score first, please. 
Okay, well, uh, just a couple of things about the series as a whole. I have to say I'm loving this modern noir feel that the series has. Um, I love how it's in winter and everything has that cool bluish purple look to it, you know, and it doesn't seem like they put a filter on. It just feels like winter. And I really enjoy it. And it definitely works with the whole motif of the show. Um, and I love how Jessica is one of the sexiest women on TV right now. Uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Absolutely. And she is covered head to toe and, and she's just her, it's her confidence. It's how she carries herself. It's awesome. Also, it took me a little bit because once I realized where I knew Kristen Ritter from, uh, Veronica Mars, Thanks. I am <laughs> so amazed at her acting. And I'm so glad that she was given a shot to do something like this because she's fantastic. Yeah. Even though I've only ever seen her play the Dizzy Bimbo, who I really didn't think was a good actress, but apparently she is. So that made not, me very happy. Did you not see her in Breaking Bad? No, I haven't. I, I, I'm not interested in Breaking Bad at all. <gasps> I know. I know. I also am not interested in The Wire um, <laughs> or we. I haven't you know, seen The just, Wire either. They, they, oh, these are the, the shows that. Everybody tells me I have to watch, and they tell me all three shows together, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, I quit Weeds. I got obnoxious. But the other I, two I just shows don't like amazing. the people, you know? Um, but this episode, I, I've been also noticing a trend that each episode has gotten better and better. This episode, I can't believe, was not a full movie because so much stuff happened. Mm. I can't believe it was just one hour. It was amazing. This episode was the best yet. It was fantastic. It starts out sexy. It gets really disturbing. Um, but there's so much action. Uh, you know, the fight choreo. Everybody always uh, has been praising the fight choreography in these shows. And the choreography sucks, actually. But the acting during the fight. Mm-hmm. is w- amazing, and you feel emotions from the characters. So I think a lot of people think that the fight scenes are good uh, for that, and that's what I agree on. But so many times I'm like, you didn't even touch them. This is like Buffy style. Uh, but <laughs> I, don't, I, I never noticed that. <laughs> most You're not noticing it because you're overwhelmed by the great acting. I mean, like last yes. episode, Luke Cage is in that, that bar fight, and he's just kind of swatting people around because... He can't use full strength because he doesn't want to actually hurt them, and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, big ramble. I give this a ten out of ten. Yay! At a ten, unbreakable, gifted parts. Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> Our first ten of the season. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm blown away. This is this has been fantastic. Mel, <laughs> um, you can go next. Mm, I don't know what I feel about this episode. Like all that, all that superhero stuff. Like I was saying, like kind of, well, it took me out a little bit of like the alien attacks mentioned and all that stuff. It took me out of the episode, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just because, yeah, like I haven't been seeing this show as a superhero show as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. All the mentions of Fozzie Bear too is just really yeah. You're just like that. I don't, I don't like Bull Star, I don't like Joy. Oh, oh I just, oh, bull, I'm bull. I'm burping my <laughs> Hate, happiness. I almost want you to score the episode really low just to upset Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do that. Three out of Or to validate his, uh, you know, his... <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd be validating him. Yeah. Never mind. Still like the show. <laughs> I don't see myself disliking it just because of that little complaint. Um, so I'm gonna give it 
eight out of ten unbelievable alien attacks. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's oh. unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Robin, you can go next. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I like this episode a lot better than last week's episode. I mean, not that last week's episode was bad. I just gave it an eight. Um, uh, which, uh, gave us an average of 8.4 for last week. Um, just so you know. Um, this episode, I was just excited to watch again because there was so much that happened in it. There was, um, some great conversations between Luke. There was, uh, Luke and Jessica. There was, um, there was answers. There was, um, some really good tension and suspense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I'm going to deduct 0.5 just because there wasn't an actual verbal conversation between Jessica and Kilgrave, but there was such just a conversation and the look back and forth through the glass that you can't take more than 0.5 um, off. Also, there was this weird thing where the um, Trish was calling um, uh, Kilgrave out on the air about being like impotent, like hinting that he might be impotent or whatever, mm-hmm. and that uh, I could not help but think of the X-Files episode Pusher during that because they were trying to bait him and get him upset by calling him impotent. Uh, it reminded and, me of um, the Hannibal storyline, or the Manhunter. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah with That's the Red Dragon. That might be that, too, yeah. I thought that sounded all very familiar. Um, so I'm only deducting 0.5. I thought the episode was great. So I'm going to say 9.5 out of 10... Sweet Christmases. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Um, 9.5 for that. That was. Awesome. That was. Matt, you can go next. I liked it a lot. The only complaint I have is people thinking that mind control is so, so fanciful when all this other crazy shit has happened. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take off a point for that, and I'll hey. give it a 9 out of 10 intense fights with nobodies. <laughs> oh, those people are going. That little ginger kid's going. Just because I'm a ginger doesn't mean I'm not a person, Matt. <laughs> I just wanted you to get away from him. That's all I wanted. You can't have him. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really loved this episode. The second time I watched it, I kind of realised how much I loved it. So much happens in this episode. We really, I think, get development of Trish's character. Um. Also, first meeting between Kilgrave and Jessica. Um, I feel like the character of Jessica develops as well, her relationship with Luke. Those two are just so sexy together. I love them in scenes. Um, the big reveal of the, that Jessica killed Luke's wife was amazing. Um, the whole scene with the cop, I really enjoyed. Um, I, I honestly, like, I want to give it, like, a 10, and I, I'm trying to think if there's another episode that should get that 10, but I don't have to only give one 10, so I'm yeah. going to give this episode a 10, because I did Yay. really, really enjoy it. Um, just loads of the little little hints to the, the comics. We got Sweet Christmas, we got mentions of the Hulk. And it all made me really happy. Um, yeah, I just think a lot happened, and it really developed Kilgrave's character as well. The, at the moment where he he rings up the radio station, I was genuinely creeped creeped out by. Like, I just think it's oh, it's horrible. So yeah, I'm going to give it a ten, a ten out of ten. Surprise, J.K. Simmons cameos. 
Plus, <laughs> you know, I hate to like pick pile of more. We didn't mention really in our scoring, but it's just amazing that this is an episode. This is a TV series. We had like three different sex scenes in one, yeah. in one episode, and it's like, yeah, we're not really watching like a kitty superhero show. We're watching an adult show. It's okay. Well, and they're all in the first what, half. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it like, so the first like, half of the episode is so. Sexy. Yeah. It's great. I can't wait for my wife to watch it. She hasn't even watched the second episode yet. She's been very busy. Oh, wait till she sees Luke Cage. <laughs> like, listen, don't look at him. Sweet. Don't look at him. <laughs> um, the, our highest rated episode yet, though, 9.3. Yay. Yay. Now I'm probably going to see some of the later episodes, because, again, as I've said, I can't, like... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to get some later episodes and be like, oh, but this is better than that one. So I know there's at least one other episode that I'm thinking might be a 10. Or I have such a hard time like, scoring these, Claire. Like, it is hard. Really it's it's just as hard for me, even though I've seen all of them. It's very hard. So you it's have to, you to come sorry. up with a way of scoring that it's not, you're not comparing them with other episodes. Mm. You're scoring them based on your enjoyment of them. Yeah. yeah. And if if an episode is gets the most possible enjoyment that it could possibly get from you, that would be a ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm trying to look at it as well. I'm, I yeah, I'm trying not to think too much about the later episodes, but it's mm-hmm. hard. Sorry, guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was easy when I was doing X Files episodes. I'm like, okay, well, this is not the best of the season. This is it. This is it. <laughs> this, 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 this is definitely three. Well, yeah. Obviously, Fluky's not in this episode, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, you don't there. know. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> There's a lot of sewers in, in New York. Fluke Man shows up at this show. Well, uh, I should just... say that at one episode we do get an appearance from the Ninja Turtles because they do exist within Daredevil continuity. So. You know, who, who says they're not going to show up? Yeah, I love that. I just recently discovered that uh, the ooze that transforms the turtles is what blinded Matt Murdock. Well, according <laughs> to the creators of the turtles, it is, yeah. Yeah, which makes it canon. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, again, if people haven't listened to our Daredevil episodes, just to do even more kind of links between the two, uh, the turtles were kind of written as a, a parody of the ninja-obsessed comics of the time. So the turtles, well, in Daredevil, he's trained by Stick. The turtles are trained by Splinter. And in Daredevil, the evil ninjas are called the hand. And in the turtles, they're the foot. So there you go. Exactly. Um, so, Nutty, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy you did. And I really wanted you to come on for, to discuss Jessica because I thought you'd really enjoy her as a character. And, I'm glad and you- as I was watching this, uh, we had to pause halfway through. And I'm like, I wonder if Claire gave me this episode just because it's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's sexy. Like I don't you. think you had watched it at that point. No, mm-hmm. I hadn't. No. No. But it was a great episode to get assigned. So I'm so happy. Awesome. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Thank you and th- yeah, thank you for coming on, honestly. It's been a pleasure. Um, and where can people hear, hear more of you on the interwebs? Well, they can find my podcast, the Nutty Bites podcast, by going to nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S dot org. And there you can find all the other podcasts I'm on, including Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast, and a bunch of other amazing things. And while I am behind on it, I always post my uh, guest appearances as well. So you can find some amazing other podcasts just by Googling through my website and seeing what I've guested on. I only do good shows. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should do another commentary on uh, Nasty Bites soon. Yes, yes. I can't remember what we had already planned. We have another movie we have planned, but I can't I remember what it is. I think it was Hedwig and the Angry Inch. 
Oh, yes, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a title you don't forget. (laughs) Nope, nope, except I did. (laughs) (laughs) So, my lovely co-host, have you got anything you would like to plug this week? Is Twin Peaks back yet, Matt and Mel? (laughs) (laughs) No. Tell me when it is. Wake me up when it's back. (laughs) Into cryogenic states. Yeah. Uh, what have you guys uh, been up to this week apart from Twin Peaks podcast? We've got a video game podcast. Uh, Matt is wrong about games. Um, <laughs> Terminator podcast. Uh, the uh, what we ma- it was called the What We Make podcast, and uh, Deadwood podcast is Hooplecast. If you want to hear more talk about Robin Robin Weigart, who plays Wendy in Jessica Jones, that's yeah. right. Yay! Uh, and Robin? Oh, uh, yeah. I I'm doing the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, and we're just about to go on hiatus for the holidays, so it's a good time to queue, up, queue it up on Netflix, get caught up, and listen to our, our podcast so you can uh, have as much fun as we're, we've been having. We just had uh, guest star um, Debs Howard uh, drop by the show to Ooh. talk about her character, Steph, <laughs> so it was the iZombie <laughs> podcast with Robin and Steph and Steph for one, one week. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, also, Redemption Cast is back. We are uh, an intro cast that covers the awesome uh, series Angel. We're in season three, and uh, yeah, you've had about two years to get caught up with that show, so if you're not <laughs> caught up, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Just call people out. Hey, it's your fault. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, we should do predictions for next week, and Nutty, you can join in too. Yay! So, what's the name of it? <laughs> next week's episode also has the same director, so it'll be interesting to see if there's the same similar style to it. Next week's episode is called AKA 99 Friends. But a bitch ain't one. No, just All AKA 99 Friends. friends try to attack her. Everyone she knows tries to attack her. Yeah? That's my you're, you're I think it's going to be a very paranoid episode now that she knows <laughs> that these pictures are of her everyday life and. That there's thinking that anything, anybody could be taking pictures of her and watching her for Kilgrave. Yeah. So do you guys it's think that it's, it's everyone taking pictures of her? Like, it's, it's a lot of people, or do you think it's one person taking all these pictures? I should have I asked you earlier. Potentially, it could be, could be a lot of people, yeah. Maybe those printouts become her 99 friends. <laughs> <laughs> she's, you know, she's got no real other friends, so she takes those pictures and carries them around with her... I'll be my own friend. <laughs> Maybe she buys 99 cats and becomes a mad cat lady, and they're her 99 friends. Maybe. Maybe, actually. <laughs> no. 99 friends! Aww. Aww. So she goes to a shelter and adopts, yeah, adopts okay. 99. I hope oh. they all have left balloons with them. <laughs> you know what? I got a, I got another one. She gets rip-roaringly drunk. 99 bottles on a wall are oh. her friends. <laughs> Nice. Nine <laughs> bottles of wild turkey. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Nutty, you get the special honour of taking us out with an Excelsior. However, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either take us out with an Excelsior, or as this episode was the introduction of Luke Cage's uh, little uh, catchphrase, Sweet Christmas, you can take us out with a Sweet Christmas instead if you prefer. Sweet Christmas! Yeah! <laughs> Bye, everyone! Bye! Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. 
Defenders podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!